The Hillbilly Wreckers podcast is sponsored by Chicago Pizza Authority on Summit Street in Elgin. Take advantage of the school night special, a 16-inch one-topping thin crust pizza plus a two-liter of soda of your choice for just $18.99. Carry out and delivery only. A special thank you to Fonzie and the Dago Tees for use of their song, King of the Hill, as the Hillbilly Wreckers theme song. This is Axel Abreu, and you're listening to the Hillbilly Wrecker Podcast Radio. back everyone to the hillbilly records podcast episode number eight and we are definitely on a roll aren't we there train record we sure are episode number eight following the jimmy blaze episode we got dazzling don on the studio 444 in the in the chair ready to go so uh let's get to it then right well i tell you what uh for the fans that don't uh probably remember or don't know exactly who you are uh give us a rundown when did you get in who'd you train with and uh give us give us some quick dazzling donny history well i originally signed my contract in february 17th of 2000 and scott spade rough crossing and jimmy blaze altering those take most of my credit they want to admit i'm good or not whatever it's all <laughs> depends on how bad of a match i had that day um but yeah, I've been in since that long. Originally did the dazzling, didn't do dazzling Donnie right away. That mm-hmm. didn't come until later. Um, it was DJ Donnie Dynamite up until about two thousand nine, two thousand ten, mm-hmm. and then it was Dynamite, whole goth character, right? And then from there, it transcended into devious Don Dynamite with the raw bone roughnecks, right? It was David Hawkinson, my rough crossing, and myself. And I believe you were the manager as well. Uh, yes, I was a very short time of uh, being a manager. Un- unbeknownst to things that happened, I was out, and then you guys were replaced with a uh, another manager, especially at the Odium. Yeah, you know, I was wondering what happened with that because yeah, so just think yeah. about that today. You know what I mean? It's been so long ago. Hell, I can't <laughs> I can't remember. But uh, so, how did the dazzling Donnie come about? I like telling the story because it was, it's actually funny. In, in a certain aspect. So I took some time off. My mom was dying. Um, and then when I came back, everybody and their mother was doing a biker character. Right. Um, just because the Sons of Anarchy was so popular. And somebody went to Jimmy and says, hey, we have an idea for Don. And they already came to me. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Nope, 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 nope. Jimmy sat me down. Jimmy says, well, if you don't at least attempt this idea, I don't know what if I can do and use you. Mm-hmm. So basically it was, can you at least try this? Or I can't book it anymore. So I was like, fine, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it my way. Right. And sure enough, my way turned into what we see today. Yeah, absolutely. And as a FYI and part of historian, a very young Mason Perks sitting in the crowd, he came on with the persona of the Dazzling Donnie because he did, he had, uh, he did a little bit of the eyeshadow and so forth. Along with someone else that used to sit in the crowd that is a member of our roster now. Uh, he used to sit in the front row with a big shiny belt and everything. <laughs> so, but we won't name any, we won't a- name any names. <laughs> nah. I think he used to wear uh, Jeff Hardy paint on his face too. I got an axe to grind with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people don't realize that uh, the whole thing with uh, Mason... It was one time uh, they I got a call to go do another show from another company, and they actually asked about Mason. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. I was asked to have a conversation with him. Right. So I picked up Mason because if, if you know him really about Mason, he can't drive after night. Okay. So that's why I was like, hey, I'll come pick up, pick you up. Went on my way, picked him up, had a conversation with him. I didn't like the kid. And me and him, we've had many discussions. I didn't like him at that time. Uh-huh. But after that conversation, there and back, mm-hmm. it was like a bond. So now I actually I look out for him a lot. I watch a lot of his stuff. And the true friendship actually started. No, uh, it's like that one whole thing of. First time I met you, I couldn't stand you. Now you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've definitely uh, have come a long way. Uh, you've, uh, you know, you had a close to a career-ending injury, uh, which we will get into a little bit la- a little bit later. But now you've made your way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were commissioned for one night or at T Woods, which you were like the boss of the night. Because you made a match with the BMI for the in the uh, Battle Royal, mm-hmm. so uh, you, you're getting your feet back in there. You've been uh, in a couple of the Battle Royals already. And speaking of Battle Royals, the last one that you were in didn't end that well. So we're gonna talk about this that elephant in the room, huh? Uh, might as well. I mean, because this is what's happening. This is the hottest thing right now in in Pow Entertainment is. The five unmasking. Bitch. So five bitches taking out a guy in the tutu is the hottest thing in wrestling right now, huh? Uh, I, in Power Entertainment. It is, nobody expected that person to be who that person was. Okay. Now, I, I'm i disappointed. Uh, I could understand why now that uh, he is not getting in touch with me. What, what can I say? You know, did you spank him hard enough? I did what I could do while he was growing up. Trust me. But then again, <laughs> he's watched what I've done. On the scene, okay, manager wise, and he just amped it up. But there's especially, a difference, especially with the talent that he surrounded himself with, with Sullivan and Acid Jazz and Priest, you know, and this Logan Steele guy, you know, um, he not following in my footsteps because he hid a lot. So what can I say? Is um, he's on his own on this? He's a grown man, you know. I hope so because. Knowing you for as long, you're nowhere near as bad as he is. Well, I was always, I don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did what I had to do for my guys to win. Yeah, this is a little bit out of left field. You know, out of left field because, come on, at the shows, he was doing security. He was helping control the locker room. Even when the videos played on the screens, he was in either in the crowd or working. He the was floor. always somehow supporting the company. Yes. So this is why I don't understand why he's doing what he's and, doing. And let alone people forget that me and him, we were co general Incoming managers call. at the same time. Well, Incoming, uh, what? We got Chris Hedford calling. Oh, really? Come on now. Uh, hello? Dumb shoot you man himself, Mr. Trainwrecker. You got a t- you got a minute for me? Well, uh, you, you know I mean, we're in- live right now on Hillbilly sorry, Records. What's sorry, my interrupting? My, my apologies. You must be so busy, and you must have so many things going on with your podcast and this and that. But uh, well, well yeah, we're with a guest right now. Uh, give you a call. Why not? Well, we're busy right now. We got Donnie here, and uh, you know you're interrupting the podcast. Now you want to talk to me? Now you want to talk to me? You yeah. haven't been answering my calls. You haven't been texting me back. No nothing. And now I had to call Trainwrecker first because you 
don't want to talk to me. But now you speak up and have a voice. Well, I figured that you'd want to talk to me first. I didn't figure I had to come to you. You should come to me and straighten this out. <laughs> no, no. That's not how this is going to work. Well, I don't know so, about uh, you, but he's oh, kind of busy. Can you hear me? Donnie, yeah. hello? Yeah, unfortunately I can hear you. Well, how can I help you? <laughs> how you feeling, Donnie? I'm good. Are you sure? I'm good. You guys can't take the glitter man down now, can you? Uh-huh, sure. Okay. Well, uh, no, I figured, you know, you guys were in the middle of something. I figured, what not, why not call in, huh? Well... So, um, oh, go, go ahead. No, you want to ask me some questions? I'll go ahead. Uh, why don't you ask me questions? I'm, I'm the guest here. You're calling in. No, no, no. no. I'm the guest now. I'm the guest. I'm the one Well, the question that we all want to know is, why? Why are you this masked man? Why did you put out these videos? Why did you assemble... A group to pretty much start to wipe out POW talent. Like, what is, what's the deal with that? Why, why did this happen? That's a great, great question. That's why I asked it. You were live. You were there in person at Summer Explosion, weren't you? I was. I was there. I was calling the the Battle Royal and you guys attacked Don and, yeah, I was there. So why don't you answer that yourself, Mr. Trainwrecker? Because I think I'm... Explain myself pretty good there. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I've been play. thinking about it the past week. I'm sure you Mr. Nick has what, as well. Here, here's Don, what like, it is. This have had to be in the works for quite some time, just due for the fact that you have Tyler Sullivan, which he lost a loser-must-leave-pow match against Joey Chi-Chi. All right? Acid Jazz... Chicago legend, how do you guys even mesh to begin with? I don't know how you did it, but you have surrounded yourself with some Hooligans. pretty, yeah, pretty fine talent to get your point across. Well, you see, it's because I am the brains of this whole operation. I know everybody in and out. Ever since Russell Rage, when. I was thrown to the curb like trash. And I will say that line over and over and over and over again. Because that is what happened to me. I was the one taking care of that company, making business decisions. I was the one making changes. I was the one, I was the one that raised the power entertainment through the pandemic. I was the one that did everything for that company. And then for everything to end at WrestleRage, and poof, it was gone. And nobody gave a shit about me. That's the problem. It's because no one gave a damn about me when I was gone. The thanks were gone. Nothing. I was left with nothing. And nobody cared. I was showing up to shows like these dumb idiot fans. I'm not a fan. I lived and breathed for this business and pow. And then everything on a dime is gone. It's only the start of it. Ooh, and really? you know what? I I have some important things to take care of first off, but I just wanted to uh, you know take a little bit of time to to call in and talk. And oh, Donnie, by the way, <laughs> on five fifteen, you better be prepared, buddy, because uh, Logan Steele's been training, and with the knowledge that's surrounding all of us between Tyler and Acid Jazz and everybody else, you better be prepared. Because Logan Steele is going to break you in half. And I hope, and I hope you understand that, Donnie. 
what I do understand is it takes all of you to take me down. The guy wearing the tutu you <laughs> takes five guys to take down a guy in a tutu. Can you do Actually, the math I there? I think so because I think Logan hit one move on you and then you were out. We uh, we might have just added on to it by, you know, stomping your face into the ground. But, uh, you know, I think Logan took you out with one move. And so, if you don't remember, you may have added those little kicks in there. But as I was walking to the back, and I'm sure the crowd remembers this, I said that you're a bitch. Well, see, that's funny because um, I was too busy making my point and not giving a damn what you said because you were you were, you were out of the ring. Old news, I ain't gone. Goodbye. Well, but you know what? You want to make a big stink of this. You want to you want to complain and bitch to Jimmy and everybody else because of what happened. And then you got your match. So congratulations. I'm clapping for you. I, good, because I'll see you there. I'll see you there, and I'll see Logan there. A lot of you, and we're going to get rid of you. Just like when you, you decide to come back to Pow here and there. We're going to send you off again, and you're probably never going to come back. So just be prepared. But at least I came back. At least I came back willingly rather than being a little sneak in an alien mask. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. You want to talk. It's, you know, obviously this is a me, 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 me story. So I tell you what. I will juggle some stuff around. Train wrecker will juggle some stuff around. I'm, you could either put up or shut up. Come to the podcast next week. Yeah. You know what? I'll pick you up on that offer. All right. All right. Um, you, you know where it's at. I'm going to have my line of questions. All right. I'm uh, putting yeah, it in here right now. Get that paddle ready so he can whoop his ass. Whoosh. All right, you're uh, you're in the uh, calendar for uh, all right ne- for next week. Next week, you come over here, and uh, I'll just tell you like I tell everybody else that comes into this studio: you respect the studio, and we're going to conduct this as professional as possible, and try to keep you know the little digs, family digs at each other out of it. All right, I mean, maybe I should sit in the middle between you yeah. two, or. I mean, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. Need some bodyguards? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're, you know what? This is a joke. You know what? You all better be prepared because next week I'll go ahead and answer your little questions and we'll talk about whatever. And uh, I'll give you more details behind what's going on here. But now it's my turn to end this because it's my time. And uh, you all have a great night. And Donnie, we'll see you on the 15th, buddy. Good luck. And, oh, break a leg. Peace. Oh, oh, oh. Don't be forgotten. Wow. Uh, right, that was a little bit of a dagger right in the heart there. Yeah, and, uh, talking about ending the uh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, evidently, uh, Chris ouch. has a lot of ouch axes to grind. Right? You know, Did you not love him as a kid? Uh, I loved him as a kid. Maybe I should have given him a little bit more tough love or something. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe you should have gave him an orphanage at this point. <laughs> I tell you. But anyway, uh, we are not going to let this little interruption uh, sidetrack the show here. Yeah, I, I guess you know we'll you know we'll continue this. You know, Chris made a statement, and I we talked about it a little earlier. You did have uh, a close to a career-ending in- injury that happened. After the injury, how did that throw a wrench into everything? I came back a year later, thought my leg was good. I thought I was in good shape mentally and everything. Wrestled a couple matches. As everybody knows, wrestling's a brotherhood. Right. Um, 
I will sit here and tell everybody flat out that the Brotherhood that we had, when you go back and rewatch your matches, I watched it and I almost dropped one of my friends on his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and catching that on YouTube was a real eye opener for me. Right. Um, I'm not in shape. I'm not mentally there. And I don't want to put any of my friends that mm-hmm. I came up in the business with, you know, injury prone or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe paralyzed. Right. No, absolutely. So you don't at, want to hurt no one. At that call, at that time, I actually made the call and I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually thought I was done for good. Right. What started giving your your little itch back? So this actually goes to people I, I work with. Right? right. Everybody at my job, which I don't know if I can really promote my job. No. Um, it's the Schomburg Planet Fitness. Everybody there, right. they all knew. Uh, some of them knew I wrestled. Some of them right. you know, knew me from growing up. They always kept telling me, hey, you know, as much as you talk about wrestling, you can see a glow, you get happy, and you get energetic about it. Why don't you go back? No. No. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. And then, uh, unfortunately, Bravo passing away. Mm-hmm. With yes. Matt Mayhem. Um, I remember getting the news and texting Jimmy. I was like, Jimmy, is, are you doing anything? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, well, count me in. Right. I don't care what it is, count me in. I want to help out one of our fallen brothers. Right. No, absolutely. That, yeah, that was definitely uh, you know, a very heartfelt show. It really was. <laughs> you know? um, and then, you know. All the all day, everybody was all good spirits. Everybody was, you know, down for the moment for what was going on. But everybody was happy about mm-hmm. being there. Uh, me walking out to that crowd blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that mm-hmm. point, it was Brado talking, going, "Brother, mm-hmm. you ain't done." <laughs> so then I had to, you know, did that show, and I was talking, and then some stuff at work started kicking up. And between my schedule, I just couldn't commit just right, because right. my work schedule was all over the place. And then, you know, lo and behold. Here we are this year. The roster today, the younger guys. What do you think of our younger talent? And I'm, and I'm talking, you know, obviously, you know, the Mason and the Kyle, Kyle's. Meat Hooks, he's been around for a while, but uh, Tommy McCobb, you know, Chuck, Deluxe. This new, you know, Axel, the new breed. You know, the new breed. Yeah, you know, definitely can't forget, you know, Abreu and Marauder, you know, them guys. They, uh, it's the next wave coming up. So, Mason, as we know, was my tag partner, so I'm, I'm yeah. absolutely ecstatic to see where he's going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see him be the top baby of the company. He's not, getting up there. He's getting it's... up there. But I'd like to see him get that notch where he's – remember Rough Crossing back in the day? Yeah. Oh, Chris yeah. Cairo, Kanoa, yeah. I want to see him get to that level. Right. Um, Kizile, he's one of the top three heels in the company. Yes. My opinion. Oh, yeah. My absolutely. Um, and that says a lot. You have Marauder. I, I like to see Marauder on a little bit more. I think that guy's got a little bit of a... A visa problem? Yeah, a visa problem? I think maybe. so. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, he's got to stop selling punches. I, I call it. <laughs> um, what is that? Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon complex? Yeah. The short man syndrome? Yeah, short man syndrome. Yeah, just has to wear a mask and... <laughs> okay. You know. Um, but what? Tommy McCobb, uh, like, Tommy McCobb, he's got a good look to him. Uh, we're just gonna pass over that. <laughs> um, but Tommy McCobb, he's got a good look to him. Um, I think he can if he stays with Kazile. I think those two could be a good team. Oh yeah, for the company, they um, could be future tag team champions. Oh, absolutely. And then you got Axel Brayu. Kind of bland. He's got no personality. At least my opinion. But actually, what most people don't realize, I actually the reason why Axel Brayu came about was actually Brandon knew him at a gym because he was wearing wrestling shirts. Oh really? So he was another one who got sucked in by mm. just by talking to somebody. Or see, now, I'm going to play devil's advocate on Abreu. 
Okay. Abreu, if he speaks from his heart, it will push his persona. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just due to the fact that you're a hungry kid that wants to prove himself. When you want to prove yourself, always comes from the heart. Now, Marauder, he just rattles off the tongue. But it's hilarious because it's like, it, it the way is. he talks, it's just it funny. Is. <laughs> but, like, you know, getting back, that... Each one of our kids, like Jimmy says, they're kids. And oh, I say true. the same thing because I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of you. I was old one guys. of Jimmy's kids. I probably still am. If you ask him, if Mason is a leader, Kazile is a leader. There is potential for leadership with the guys like Abreu and Macab. Okay, they're there. They're around good people to learn from and listen. I've said it. And I did not get the opportunity to say this to uh, Abreu. The pride show that we had and the match that he was in with Mason, Rico, and Quinn. I was really impressed on how he kept up. You kept up with people that have been around for a bit Mm -hmm. and that could go. You know, the psychology was there. Everything was on point. That's how you open the show. It was a great match, though. It was. Great match. Like it says, Abreu, in my heart, I know when he speaks from the heart, his persona of Abreu will come out. And it will connect with the fans. It will connect. But he has to tap into that. Tap into that and dial it up. He will. Speak from the heart. That's why that's speak from the heart. They always say, (laughs) everybody with wrestling, if you take you... Dial it up. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows me outside of wrestling. I don't know if, you know. I've known you for what, four or five years now? About uh, five years now. I've known you for over 10. Yeah, about 15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a goofy bastard. Like, I could be chill. I could be calm. But most of the time, I'm just goofy and I'll say the most random stuff. And that's how Dazzling Dottie comes about. Right. Because mm-hmm. how many guys with long red hair? Especially in the wrestling industry, we come out wearing a tutu thrown glitter. Yeah. Let alone wearing a sparkly now, vest or light up fur. I haven't seen it. <laughs> true. Yeah. Now, is it true? I am going back because it's just sparked, and you know how these conversations go. Is it true when you, you've come out with the, the glitter bombs mm-hmm. before? Is it true that you got in trouble because it was someone was thinking that you were stealing their gimmick? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. All right. So this has happened on numerous occasions. <laughs> no, yeah. One person, like although unnamed, just because I was using the cannon one time. <laughs> one time I used the cannon. Thought I was stealing it, and he said, "If you ever do it again, I'm gonna shove it right up your ass." That was a terrible was impression, but I hopefully y'all get the point. The- that was at a rage show, wasn't it? That you used the cannon. That was it was, at a rage show? I believe it was the rage where me and Mason actually won the tag team titles. I think, yeah. So yeah, it was. At I knew the show. it was at a, it was at a bigger show. <laughs> yeah, it was a big show. It was actually at it was at Edison. I can tell you that. But it was the one time I used the cannons. The one time I used the cannons. <laughs> but it's funny how people always tell me how I took somebody else's gimmick and I ran off. I want to. I want to settle this right now. The uh, the people that are complaining that I took the gimmick and I ran with it was the same people who came up with the idea for me. Right. So that's kind of one thing that irritates me is because they were the one who pitched me the idea and right. said, you're the only one who can really do this because you're just so damn ridiculous to begin with. It'll work for you. Right. And they went above me 
to get me to do this. And then them complaining that, well, Donnie took my gimmick and ran with it. And, you know, you ripped me off my... No. It seems there's a lot of that going on lately. Oh, you're ripping my character off. You're ripping my gimmick off. And I do want to point out something, too. Like, when I first started doing Dazzling Donnie, I had numerous people, including Matt Winchester, walk up to me and says, Hey, you know who you remind me of? And I was like, who? There's like Adrian Street. Beautiful Adrian Street, yeah. Now, I'll be honest. I had no idea who Adrian Street was. Granted, I didn't have a plethora of knowledge from the past. Hmm. But the minute I asked Scott Spade, Scott's like, yes. Yeah. I did my research, and yes, but people could say I ripped him off, but I had no idea who he was. Mm. So I really didn't rip him off. Well, no, uh, everybody, come on, nowadays, everybody's everybody been taking ripped something. Off. Every, yeah, everybody. Everybody takes something but, from everybody now. So. What was nice, though, is about maybe a year, two years later, um, I contacted him, Adrian Street, via mm. Facebook, and he just said, keep up the good work. And one of my pair of tights is actually from Adrian Street. Wow. Given to me. Okay. It was given to me by a person. And I don't know if we're going to name that person, but I'd like to give him credit, though. Uh-huh. It would be Chaz Moretti. Um, he actually got that package delivered mm-hmm. to him, and he gave it to me. Nice. But when I first started doing Dazzling Donnie, I purchased my, um, my first pair of Dazzling Donnie tights from Adrian Street, not knowing... It was Adrian Street. Okay. Because he did it off an of eBay auction. Right. Interesting. So it's weird how it all came around. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> now, like you said, you're talking about the locker room and all that. Now, are we going to see you starting to get into the mix a little bit more? Or you're going to kind of pick and choose who you want to try to get in the ring with? I'd like to pick and choose. I'd uh-huh. like to make sure I help the next level of talent. But there's one unfinished piece of business I do have with the company. Um, And it was one thing that I've always wanted to do. Mm. I was close to it before I broke my leg. was be the top baby. Okay. But there was a couple other people that always took that spot. And I always wanted that spot. I may not get to it now. but You get get through Logan Steele there and maybe slap Chris around a little bit. You know, that could start inching you. As long as I have his daddy's permission. You, hey, I will bend him he, over my knee. He's a, he's a grown <laughs> adult. He's a grown man. You know. Now, if he likes it, that's a whole other thing. Uh, was it the law was after 18, you're on your own? Yeah, pretty <laughs> so, much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Whatever happens out there, everybody knows whatever happens out there, you're on your own. So Okay. I'm saying okay. <laughs> just wanted to get clarification first. It don't matter to me none. I just hope that he doesn't irritate me enough to where I smack him next week. You know, but can I be there to watch? <laughs> I'll be a fly in the wall. Yeah, I promise. Well, obviously, I have camera. I constantly have cameras going on. <laughs> I'll sit right. back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh all right we're gonna change up subject a little bit okay we're gonna do uh three rapid wrecking questions with dazzling don rapid wrecking questions yeah that's a damn tongue twister I rapid know. wrecking questions Here yeah we go. i like that it's got a cool little it does. ring to it <laughs> rapid wrecking questions all right, all right here we go question one what's your favorite breakfast frosted mini wheats all right what's your favorite fast food spot after a show taco bell all right and who was your wrestling idol growing up? Shawn Michaels. 
All there right. we go. Boom, that, boom, boom. That was your three rapid wrecking <laughs> questions right there. <laughs> there All we right. go. <laughs> no, another little thing we're going to do, um, this time in uh, history of wrestling. Okay. So around this time period, in the week of June, we're going to go with that. Um, so WWF at Oakland, uh, California Col- Coliseum, Coliseum uh, June 16th, 1991. Uh, who went over, Ultimate Warrior or The Undertaker? Warrior. Yep. Uh, WWF (laughs) at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Spectrum, uh, June 20th, 1992, Carrie Von Eric versus Brooklyn Brawler. Brawler. No. (laughs) Van Eric. (laughs) All right. WWF at Wheeling, West Virginia, Civic Center, June 17th, 1993, Razor Ramon versus Tito Santana. Oh, one of my favorite guys. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Razor Ramon. Yep, there we go. Ding, 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 ding. Ding. That, All right, we got two out of three. Here sure we go. go. Two out of three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely it was. Nice. History. Actually, <laughs> watching Scott Hall as Razor Ramon first started intrigued me with wrestling. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, it, like, That's, Razor Ramon. Same with me here. Yeah. And then it was like Shawn Michaels had that cool, all the girls wanted him. Oh, all the yeah. The guys just like, I want to kick his ass. Yeah, it was the, uh, what was it, the ladder match at, like, that was my pull into wrestling. Um, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels. Well, well wasn't match. that uh, WrestleMania 10? Yeah. Uh, 10. WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 10. All right, yeah. No, that, that was. I mean, they, they actually considered that one of the, the greatest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. best uh, ladder matches oh, of yeah. all time. It was for, for me, too, like um, when all United Center first opened, mm-hmm. SummerSlam in 94 okay. was actually the very first event ever. Yeah, it was Razor Ramon came out with uh, Walter Payton. Yeah. Um, All right. It was actually the very first pay-per-view that, like, I remember that my parents actually ever ordered. Okay. uh, Because I actually wanted to. Mm -hmm. And that's what sucked me in. Like, I remember watching uh, Shawn Michaels versus Hacksaw, the second Monday Night Raw. Okay. And that's how I was like, ooh, what's this? Cool. And then I just started watching, but it was that pay-per-view that I got sucked in. Do Do you remember your first live wrestling event that you went to? I went to a house show. Okay. Um, it was a house show. Kind of remember it. I remember the blue mats with the red, white rope, uh, ropes. Yeah. Okay. Um, my buddy Nick, uh, we were kids. And I. it's funny because he always came back. He's like, yeah. my parents uh, got us seats by the ring. Right. And uh, my buddy Nick was a couple seats away. And he, I remember he jumped over a couple seats just to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and like, it was his favorite too. Right. So he's like, I got Shawn Michaels. I was like, I hate you. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I mean, just everybody kind of like remembers. When, when you, what was your first live event? Mine was a house show at Rosemont Horizon. Okay, and The Rock had just turned heel, like left Nation of Domination. Okay, like it was when the when Kane went into the stands and attacked a fan. Remember, it was like shortly after uh, right. that, right? So everybody was terrified of Kane, right? So my brother and I got up to the railing where they walked out. Okay. And I remember Kane coming out and my brother reached to like touch Kane's shoulder and I pulled his arm <laughs> away. I was like, no, he attacked the fan. Like, you don't do that. And, and then shortly after Rock came out and I threw a 12 ounce, 12 ounce beer can 
like 10 feet away and it nailed the rock right in the the shoulder pectoral and he turned and he gave me the people eyebrow and I nearly shat my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I nearly shat my pants when it, when he saw me and we locked eyes, I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I was so terrified. (laughs) Um, I might have been uh, third, fourth grade. What would? How old is that? You know, uh, like the nine, nine ten, ten, ten? Okay. like right around there. Maybe about fourth grade. Laranger, Louisiana, some whatever <laughs> it was. Now, mind you, I mean this is kind of still territory. Mm-hmm. All right, it was mid south. All I could remember the main event was Grizzly Smith versus Bob Sweetan. Mm. All right. Sweet tan and or sweet tan? Sweet tan. Ooh, All right, sweet Bob tan. Sweet tan. Very local to the territory. Mm. Now, if anybody does their history on these two men, <laughs> all right, they they're pieces of shit. Actually, okay, Grizzly Smith with his history and pedophilia and shit like that, just like Bob <laughs> Sweet tan and his taste in people <laughs> so it, but it, it it's ironic that these two men now obviously when i'm a kid wow check this out you know right. uh down there and then come to find out they were two of the biggest pieces pieces of shit at that time you wow. know and it's, i didn't know that yeah, yeah i mean well anybody like, so if you look up grizzly smith and i like, see so even bob sweet tan i mean it goes into Bob Sweetan like left the fucking country so he couldn't get in trouble. Jesus you Christ! Know? But yeah, he he lost like both of his legs or at least one of his legs or something like that. Um, but yeah, he had a. I guess what comes around goes around, you know. What goes around comes around. I mean, it's uh, it's a shame. But yeah, I was you know, about that age, and then pretty much in high school was pretty much Riverside mid eighties Riverside Centriplex man almost every Tuesday night. You know, <laughs> every Tuesday night. See, I never got that when I was in high school. Like, when I was in high school, the Attitude Era was really taking off. Yeah. So, yeah. like, all my friends were, like, having Monday Night Raw or Nitro parties. or Some people were having, like, both screens. Mm-hmm. It, it was, a, for me being in high school, it was awesome. Because, right. like, when I was in middle school and elementary school, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Yeah. So, like, it was either video Same games <laughs> or wrestling that kind yeah. of drew me in. So, I'd be sitting there, like, yeah. watching wrestling and I remember I actually got, was in a car accident like three days after graduating middle school, broke my collarbone. Mm. Um, and I hated WCW. I mean, I hated WCW. <laughs> my stepdad loved it. I was a, I was a WWE guy and watching WCW just cause you know, Raw was on a commercial break and I have a collarbone that's broke and I see Scott Hall walking through. Now I got to watch this crap. <laughs> I was the only reason why I watched WCW. Well, my thing was. Because WCW started at 7 o'clock on mm. TNT. So yeah. we watched it for that first mm-hmm. hour. Because Raw didn't start until 8. Eight. Like eight. Yeah. And then you'd switch over to USA. And then it would just be like last. Yeah. Last on the remote. Like back and forth. Anytime there was a commercial, like, oh, I switch it back and forth. It actually uh, pissed my first wife off. <laughs> I, bought it. I bought a TV that had the picture in picture. Oh, the picture. Oh. <laughs> And we don't need that. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. And she, and, uh, she was like, we can't afford it. Yeah, we can. Oh, we can. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. It's, it's, 
Well, because yeah, Mondays. That's what it was. You yeah. Know? And the I greatest was day of the week yeah. back then was Mondays. Mm. You talk to people now. Yeah. Like Mondays, rock, yeah. Metro. They needed it, man, and especially when ECW got into the mix, man. I mean, yeah, that, that was when wrestling booming. I oh. I was one of those victims of I can never find ECW. I kept hearing about it. Yeah. Kept hearing how hardcore it was and how great mm. it was, but I can never find it. Right. I'm like, I go to my friends, how do you find it? Oh, it's on this channel. Okay, when I finally get it on that channel, now it's off. Yeah, it, it, it was hard to find. You know, I've, I think I've only caught maybe a handful of TV episodes mm-hmm. myself, you know, when it was out there. You know, and that's what, you know, Paul Heyman and everybody else said. That's what sunk them. They just didn't get If they could have gotten a TV oh, yeah. deal, oh, oh, yeah. the whole landscape, I think, would mm-hmm. be totally different. Oh, yeah. And even though, even though, like, I never really got to catch ECW, I did watch, like, the One Night Stands, which mm. are phenomenal. Oh, well, yeah. at least the first one is. Second one's all right. Um, but to sit here and be one of the very few people that works for Powell still that mm. said, hey, I got to wrestle in the Odium, not once, but Good twice. Course. Yeah. Not a mid card match, either main event or was it the uh, the marquee match? Mm-hmm. Both years in a row. Right. Yeah, you got one over me because I only did the appearance the appearance in uh, one Odium show. The and that, um, no eight eight was with Kennedy. Uh, yeah, because Kennedy couldn't wrestle. Yeah, and it changed the whole thing. All I did was uh, a Nick Cage segment. And I beat up this little lucha guy in a mask. I hit him with a pinata, did a leg drop on him, told him get out of the ring. He was wasting my time. You know, that was it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I remember I remember hanging out with everybody after eight. Eight was fantastic. It, we we were all on cloud nine, all of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially like main event went on at midnight. Midnight. It was, yeah, it was a long show. Yeah, oh, it was. God. Myself, people were starting to get pissed. <laughs> myself as Dynamite, then you had Chris Cairo, Kanoa, and Rex Hart. That was like yeah, that, that's where Cairo of... jumped off to yeah. like the balcony mm-hmm. or whatever, like right. the second tier up, and he jumped down on you guys. Jesus, <laughs> it just it, like I remember right before his jump too. Like me and him, we were brawling on the outside, and uh, I went to go bash his head on the guardrail. He bashed my head on the guardrail. Uh-huh. I take the bump, and I'm like, wow. Why did someone spill pop on my head? Dude, I'm bleeding. Uh. <laughs> I'm bleeding. He's like, and he picks me up, body slams me on the floor. Oh, shit, dude, you're bleeding. <laughs> but, dude, that was well worth that night. I uh, didn't care the blood, the back injury, nothing. No, Chris Cairo, another uh, guy that I've had been fortunate to grow and come become the person that he, he is. Definitely a staple in POW history, CCW and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a true vet, you know. So it's always a pleasure to see him in the ring. I, I, mm-hmm. I'll hate to see the day when he says, okay, this is it, <laughs> you know. The sad thing is, is, if you really think about that, a lot of us from back then yeah. are getting ready to say that. Yeah, we have Father to. Time, yeah. Father time is hitting close to a lot of us, yeah. like including me. I don't have much time left. I'll be open young guys i mean guys like wrecker here yeah, to take over mason uh, hey i'm not i'm not a young guy i just <laughs> i got into this late and you know that's how i was with baseball just couldn't do it anymore couldn't yeah. couldn't run <laughs> couldn't make the you know like the full sprints you know it's just so i when i've been going back listening to all your guys's podcasts you've been doing i didn't know baseball you always have a football look to you Mm-hmm. Not a baseball look. 
No, I I did football. I, baseball was my love. It was high school, my freshman year. I threw a no-hitter. I threw 57 pitches against Wheeling High School. 48 were strikes. The rest wow. were balls. We won 15 to nothing. Game was called after the fifth inning. So, like, I had a, a perfect game right. going up until the fifth inning and a ground ball, routine ground ball, shortstop throws at the first baseman, has it in his glove, and he drops the ball. Uh, he dropped it. I can t- I can name names, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I remember it perfectly. Next batter up, I threw a fastball right in the middle of his back because I was so pissed off. The next next pitch pop up to me, won the game, no hitter. So high school was phenomenal. Baseball-wise, I loved it. I ended up going, playing first base, put more weight on, went in the catcher, blew my shoulder out. Uh, I got plowed at the plate. My shoulder went from where it is to nipple level. I completely destroyed everything in my shoulder. Uh, It was surgically repaired, and then it just wasn't really the same uh, for me after that, but I continued to play it. I continued to bust ass. Up until about 28 years old, and I was just like, I can't, yeah. I can't play anymore. It's just yeah, um, life. So you decided to go to even even more physical, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I wanted to use my size in something. You know, right. like I'm six foot, three hundred pounds. You're like, six three? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, wow. I'm six foot, three hundred pounds. Oh, okay. So, so I wanted to use my size. I always did. I was a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. I did amateur wrestling. Again, baseball, I did football, I did pretty much anything you put in my way, athletic-wise, I did it. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I knew how to roll, I knew how to bump from Taekwondo, so I took that into wrestling training, and Jimmy was amazed by my bumping and my rolling right away, because I did it for so long that it just came natural doing that, you know, the shoulder rolls, you know bumping and stuff like that so it was just a natural feel for me going into wrestling and training and then 2020 hit and everything mental (laughs) like wise went wrong my personal health was you know horrible i'm not gonna lie my blood pressure was close to 200 over 120 and it was just like i could have had a stroke i could have died at any point now it's taken me a few years to actually find the right medication to get my blood pressure to where it is, to where I feel normal, to where I feel fine now in the ring because I'm taking blood pressure medicine. I'm taking anxiety medicine, you know, like that, all that anxiety would, would hurt so much. You know, it's you, you, if you look back into videos, YouTube videos of myself wrestling, you could see me within the first five minutes, like, having that anxiety feel where I'm burping where yeah. like my hair's covering my face, but you'll see like right. my shoulders want to do that, like throw up feel. And I have to like swallow that anxiety and continue on with the match. Or I would go underneath the ring and <laughs> dry heave that anxiety out or go into the back and do the exact same thing because the anxiety was so right. much to me. It, it, it grabbed my lungs and it squeezed the hell out of me to wow. the point where I I had no, I can't remember a single match, a wow. single match I cannot remember because of the anxiety and uh-huh. the adrenaline mixed together so much it 
pretty much blacked me out. And that was... No, oh, wow. That's... This is 100% shoot. So yeah. anytime anybody asked me in the past few years, why am I not in the ring? This is it. Yeah. Anxiety and my blood pressure was keeping me from being in that ring. Now that I found the right medication, now that my blood pressure is... The last I checked two days ago was 125 over 90, which is... Good. Incredible oh, yeah, from yeah. from what it was. Yeah. I take anxiety medicine in the morning. I no longer have that feel, yeah. you know? Like, I feel great. The last two weeks I've been in the ring at training. Right. So, right. like, I feel great now. Like, I feel... They I don't have that anxiety... Tightening my lungs anymore. Yeah, so because I always told you, I mean, I always marked out for you when you threw your drop kicks. I love seeing. <laughs> I, love, I love seeing a big man throw a drop kick. I can I get up to six feet and drop, know, do a drop so. kick, but like that's that's the shoot reason of why Trainwrecker hasn't been in the ring. Right, you gotta get much. your health first, man. Yeah, I had to. I had. To, I I went through a lot of personal shit mm-hmm. in the last two and a half years that. Only a handful of people know about. And now I'm getting more comfortable talking about it because yeah. I don't have that, that tightening feel around yeah, my chest. Because like, you know? I know when you first signed up, I was kind of starting to deal with some of my personal issues. Mm-hmm. And then I think you were starting to go through, starting to go through some Yeah, issues. I was starting to go through a lot mm-hmm. of shit. Me joining wrestling was the nail in the coffin that ended my last relationship. Okay. That was it. Like, me being away, me going with the boys now. I'm neglecting my kids. I'm neglecting mm. their mom. Like, it, it was too much. I felt like I was being pulled in 20 different directions at one time, and I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. Where 2020 was my mental breakdown. Like, yeah. <laughs> like and if it wasn't for Jen pulling the good out of me through yeah. that time period, I, I don't think I'd be here today talking to you guys. Wow. Well, no, like, Jen, that's how... Jen's good people. I've known oh, her for yeah. quite she's, some time. She's man. great. Quite some time. You know, and, and like you said, 2020 was your breakdown, right? Yeah. yeah. For me, I happened to back out right before COVID hit. Yeah. And I don't want to say I had a breakdown, but I came to a realization. Mm-hmm. And realization, breakdown, you can almost compare kind of. Yeah. 2020 was good for a lot. Depending on the situation and how you look at it, right. it gave a chance for people to step back and reevaluate stuff in their lives and get what they needed to go in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no, I see that. I mean, uh, especially during the pandemic, once I got over the fear of keeping my house, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the things fell in place, you know, once I wasn't worried about financially, you know, I uh, spent a lot of evenings in Studio Four Forty Four regrouping and rethinking certain things, you know. So, so yeah, it's like it was like a recharge. Mm-hmm. But as things really gotten better since the pandemic, it seems like people hate each other more, <laughs> you know, nowadays. People hate each other more and nobody wants to work. That's, but, a, whole that's a whole different topic. Yeah, they, so. anyway, <laughs> anyway, you know. Okay, off the rails. Sorry, Don, producer, lady. My <laughs> fault. <laughs> blame the guest. No, um, moving, moving forward uh, with Pal. I mean, you get Logan Steele out of the way and so forth. Are we going to see more Dazzling Donnie in the ring? Yeah, you will. You will see me in the ring more often. Um, maybe not like as much as you used to see, but you will see. One goal I do have left is not only being the top baby, holding that Pal title, the heavyweight title at least once. Mm-hmm. For a day, for a week, for a month, 
I don't care. Yeah, well, you, Scott Spade, you know, I mean, he kind of really uh, finagled his way to the win over Hunter Payne. He's maniacal. Man, I'm telling you. uh, (laughs) And then to turn around and deny Moondog Murray uh, a title shot uh, the next day. Scott Spade, you know, he's one of them guys that once he's officiated on something, that's what he's... Absolutely. And, you know, that guy is the best. Psychological. Psychological. Worker. That's a big word. Even yeah, psycholo- anything over six letters is a big word for me. Uh, but he does not get enough credit on how smart he is. Oh, phenomenal in the ring. I've heard the last couple podcasts, somebody said the same thing. Yeah. He he doesn't even give himself enough credit. Oh, I think um, he he gives himself the credit that he deserves. I will Which say is that. not enough. His knowledge is definitely through the roof. It pisses me off that you have all this. I have all this. And you don't know nothing compared to him. I I know nothing. Yeah, because and, and it's funny because my memory is for shit. You know, and it's like uh, I I still have stuff here in my archives that I have picked up through the years. I still have not seen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, still have not. Oh, seen. I bet. I mean, uh, oh my god. <laughs> On a note about Scott, though, I like on a lighter note, I know he's going to hate this, um, but as him being one of my trainers um, that helped me learn this business, mm-hmm. I actually give him the most credit for being my trainer. And then it goes to Rick, mm-hmm. Rough Crossing, mm-hmm. and then Jimmy. They all had something to do, but Scott, I don't know what it is. I hated growing up. I hated the old time wrestling. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Once he started teaching... And started talking to me mm. and just showing me how certain things went. Right. I took a liking to that. Mm-hmm. And right. it's the way he teaches as well. Right. I mean, it's it's the psychology. I mean, his psychology is bar none. If you can't learn from Scott. You, you can't you, learn. You, you're not going to You're in learn. the wrong business. You're wrong yeah. business. I, Absolutely. I've seen, I've seen it happen. People who didn't want to listen. It was just like, he will show you how to work a te- headlock for 10 minutes. If yeah. you cannot learn yeah. that, get out. <laughs> no, um, yeah, definitely uh, he's one of the cornerstones of CCW POW. He is just definitely one of them guys, again, that his attitude changes on the direction of the wind. You yeah. know, he has a history of turning on people. <laughs> But if you want to go for that title, that's great, man. I mean, any title that you know anybody wants to go for, go ahead. But you know, right. but people don't realize I was the last queen of pow before the re- the new iteration of it. Yes, I've been tag team title holders. Mm-hmm. Was it with Mason? Uh, with Ruff, had the TV title. Yeah, You're... I just haven't had the pow title. Yeah, or the just... Midwest one. I'd rather be pow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, that Midwest title is hot right now. If it's hot, yeah, it's hot. It, right it's now. hot right now. And Mason, you know, I want him to get that glory. Mm-hmm. But although most people know that show where I broke my leg, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be me, Mason versus me. That's right. But Mason was out with an injury with his hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It could be in the making. Could you know, be. You never know. Both of you are definitely a Powell fan favorites. No, only time to tell. Only time to tell. So, another than that, you know, pretty much uh, July fifteenth, we've got 
you know, T Woods, uh, will we will we see you there at the after show? Of course. Okay. Um. I love. Hey, <laughs> I, I love T Woods, and their meat lovers skillet. I never leave without getting. This is not a cheap plug, but it is a cheap plug. <laughs> <laughs> like their breakfast food is to die for. So yes, they definitely have good food, and uh, just prepare to have like anyone listening who wants to go. Make sure you give yourself a little extra time because it does take a little bit, but it's well worth the wait. All right. Well, as we're wrapping this up, what's uh, all your social media? How can uh, fans get a hold of you? Well, I have my Facebook page, uh, my Instagram page. No, not my Instagram. Sorry. Snapchat. Dazzling Donnie, both of them. Um, and then I also have my cheap plug of the Dazzling Donnie shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. I have four different designs. All right. So so all Dazzling Donnie on Snapchat and yeah. Instagram, yeah. all the same? Okay. All right. I hope so. so. There we go. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm forgetting. I'm terrible at plugging my own stuff. <laughs> well, hey, I just, I'm just trying to make sure I go through the list here that you know I got to go through. So <laughs> <laughs> Seems a smart way to do it. That's right. Well, I guess that we're going to be wrapping it up here now. Obviously, next week we have uh, you well, know Christopher Hedford. Uh, Christopher Hedford next you know, obviously, week. Obviously, I told him to put up or shut up. He did, and uh, hopefully he comes in here and he, yeah, he I doesn't mean, shut up. He yeah. just keeps talking for a while. I think he needs to get some chains and just tie him to the chair. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know if he's bringing anybody with. He better not, you know, unbe- unannounced. Yeah. So uh, um, next week we will have Chris, and then the uh, week after Chris, that. and then the twenty sixth we will have Bad Hombre Cartel with Mass Marauder. And then the third, we got Captain Spicoli with RJ, RJ. Mike Blade on the 24th of All July. All right. We have, but anyway, <laughs> on that note, fans, thank you very much uh, for listening. Dazzling Donnie, thank you very much no for uh, stopping at 444 Studios. Hit that uh, like, share, follow. Follow. And buy t-shirts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Catch us on Facebook, Instagram also. <laughs> Uh, and then also thank you to our sponsors. With no. their eighteen ninety nine school night special, you get a uh, large one-topping pizza with a two-liter of your choice. That's right. And Fonzie and the Dago Tees and their song, King of the Hill. Check them out on Spotify and Apple, and they're on YouTube as well. So check them out, Fonzie and the Dago Tees. There it is, fans. Thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you.